0: today we dive into Lacey J Dalton's new song I can't breathe to honor the spirit of the black lives matter movement
1: hey this is Leslie Adams here with Lacey J Dalton and another installment of our uh, right here right now podcast so Lacey, these are pretty weird times we're living in right now what with the pandemic and you know covid and all that kind of stuff and what's going to happen with the economy and everything but you know that's all that's all fairly new we got some stuff going on too that's really hundreds of years old that we've seen uh with the racial injustice stuff and you recently wrote a song kind of uh talking to that a little bit so can you tell us a little bit about the song and how that came to you and what it means or what it is your what is your message that you're trying to deliver there and what do you want to do with that with that
2: you know it's i i'm walking a, a very fine line um with these issues on one hand Um, I certainly believe that all lives matter and black lives matter now more than ever because I believe there's unequal justice. And I believe that because I have, even though I have never had bad relations with law enforcement, in fact, I've had excellent relations with law enforcement. I worked at a prison for almost four years Mm -hmm. up in Northern California in 20 to life. And those officers... And the inmates also uh, were amazing people. And in the whole time that I was up there, I might have had four white guys in my class. Wow. Everybody else was people of color. Wow. And a lot of them had been in there as youthful offenders when they were 17 years old and had been in there for 20, 22, 23, 24 years as youthful offenders. Now, that they're not getting equal justice because those youthful offenders, it has been determined that their um, minds are not completely where they ought to be mm-hmm. when they're 17, 16, 18 years old. It's just not. And uh, so I'm very concerned that we, as white people, don't just pretend that there's no racial inequity in this country. I'm sorry. If you don't see it and you haven't experienced it, a, you're either not around very many people of color. B, you may be a racist and just not like people of color. C, you're not paying attention. You if you look, you will see what happens. Now I'm not saying that what the causes of that are. I know that poverty and you know, growing up in a ghetto or a barrio where the only role model you have, the nuclear family breaks up. There's not a lot of birth control happening in a lot of places. Right. My mother might have two or three or four kids. The father can't, he can't handle it. He's young. They're, they start very young and the dad often leaves and so it's a mother raising four kids which she has to go to work a lot of times right. or at least keep house or take care of smaller children and some of the kids are out on the street and their role models unfortunately uh, in the ghetto, in the barrio, and in places that are underserved communities, a lot of times those are the dope dealers. The, right. You know, Those are the guys that have the cars, and the money, and the clothes, and the girls.
1: Well, and sometimes it's even their own family, and they're proud of that family tradition too, right? Yeah, you told me that as well.
2: I have had that. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'll never forget, I had a, I had the boys all sitting in a circle in my classes uh, up in, in the prison in Northern California, and it was a maximum security prison. And I had him sitting around in a in a circle, and I said, "Now I want to know that there's only one person can talk at a time. We're going to have everybody talking. Everybody's going to get a turn, but nobody else can talk when the guy who's talking is talking. And I want you to tell me, um, I want you to tell me how it was for you when you were seven or eight years old. Let's start there, because that's where we're going to find the stuff that we're going to write the songs about. We're going to write songs about you, about your life." We're going to write songs about your loves and your and, and the things that made you angry and the things that made you grow and the things, the people you looked up to and the people you looked down on. I want to find out all that stuff. And so I started going around the circle. One of my favorite ones was uh, My Daddy Was a Biker, My Mama Was a Tweaker, I Was Born in a Trailer Park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe turned into a song It did. <laughs> it, 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 turned,
2: it turned into a song. This kid, Vincent Gregory, very, very wonderful songwriter, kind of like a Merle Haggard kid, 27 years old or something. Been in there. He was in there for two life sentences. He was of course he was. T- tattooed over every inch of his body except for his angelic face. And he wrote a song with me called Pitbull Paradise, and it was about his life. It was a really. Good, this was the right. kid that said, "My mama was a biker, my daddy was a tweaker. I was born <laughs> in a trailer park west of Topeka. No one ever taught me that. I ought to learn how to play nice." Anyway, it turned into a great song. Yeah. And uh, I sometimes do it in my shows. But you just say this is what these people are capable of but um
1: but you had somebody else who did actually say his father was and his brother was and his uncle was that's right he said my
2: my grandfather and grandmother were dope dealers my mother and father were dope dealers i was a dope dealer and i was proud of it well if that's all you have to look up to yeah if that's if for 50 miles you don't know anybody you can borrow two bucks from right and the local hero is the big drug dealer or somebody. Well, they've got
1: the fancy cars and all the stuff that you don't have, right? And it seems like easy, looks like easy money, you know.
2: (laughs) Well, and it is until you get caught. Until you
1: get caught, yeah.
2: You know, it's a lot easier, faster way to make money, and it has to be an incredible temptation. When I wrote this song, I wrote this song, there have been 70 incidences of people of color who were fatally shot or suffocated as they were dying, saying, I can't breathe.
1: And that's the name of your song. And right?
2: that's the name of the song. And and that song just, tears shot out of my eyes when I saw the uh, George Floyd video um, with him in handcuffs and a guy kneeling on his neck, right. saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Mama. Mama. Eight minutes. I watched that, and I went, this... Is the last time I'm going to watch this right. and not speak out, and so I did speak out. And of course, we've had all kinds of flack <laughs> from it. Um, I'll never play a, a race little least. bit. A little bit. Actually, I, there's been more positive than negative. Yeah,
1: I was. I would say less than less than less than twenty percent, maybe ten or fifteen percent, that have said, well, "I'll never play another one of your songs again." Or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but most people have said, "Good for you for speaking out." I don't. Some of them have been said. I don't necessarily agree with you, but good for you for speaking out.
2: You know? well not everybody sees it right i have seen it right and i cannot look away i've not had the experience as i said i've only had positive experiences with law enforcement and really remain very good friends with a lot of the people i worked with at the prison and other places uh, right. where i've been involved with law enforcement so um i think and i this is going to be a very unpopular thing for me to say to the people who do agree with me i think the idea of, the way of saying defund the police is one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. That is not what the people who are saying that... that they actually don't. Well, a lot of them don't yeah. want that. What they really want are more social services. Like if you have a patient who um, they need, what they're saying is we would like to have special units for the mentally challenged or for um, the underaged or the disabled people. The you people know, that
1: know how to deal with those issues specifically, right? Because we have had instances where somebody who was—I um, don't know if they were mentally retarded, but definitely mental, mentally challenged—sitting in a car with a gun, not really knowing what their thing was, but because they have a gun and that looks threatening, they ended up getting shot. And it was really—they needed somebody more with a psychology background, right, to kind of walk—try talk, try to talk through that situation and diffuse it, as opposed to just end it with, 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 a, with a gun.
2: Yeah, exactly, and I think I think what what we really want, most of us really want, are uh, different types of training for mm-hmm. different units, um, and maybe they don't have to be law enforcement, that but they're going to need to have some authority. So True. I would say that if it could fall under law enforcement, but what we need is training, and I think that different types of training for for instance disabled people or underage like kids, you know, mm-hmm. waving. You know, water pistols. Tamir Rice was a twelve-year-old kid who got right. shot. Right. You know, you can only watch that. I pay attention to. I pay attention to those things, uh, and I feel like if you really honestly feel there's no racial disparity in the United States, I don't believe you are looking where you need to see. Right. I I just really don't think you are. I know it's nice to think that there isn't, and I know a lot of black people who've become you know, very, very popular. I used to share sure. a dressing room, with, you know. I used to stay in Sammy Davis's suite at right, Harris, right. you know, and talk with Sammy in long periods of time. Right. He raised himself up from nothing. Yeah. You know, and a lot of a lot of black people have been able to do that. Why they can do that. Anybody can make it in America. Well, yes, anybody can, and white people have it a lot easier. Right. But poor white people also have a difficult time poverty is you know what we really need to do is find a way to get into communities that are underserved and get those kids educated and get those kids into programs where they have better role models and and you know uh kids sports and stuff like that which i think is a is wonderful for children and young people and you know get them off the streets and get them doing something that you know uh certainly they have a lot of ability. If you look at most basketball teams or football teams, <laughs> yeah. well, you know that. you're going to find a lot of people of color in right. there because it is an opportunity for them.
1: Sure.
0: Hey, everybody. Have you been to Lacey's new website, LaceyJDalton.live? You got a visit to receive free downloads, join her mailing list, listen to other episodes of her podcast, and visit the store to get Lacey's latest merchandise. That's LaceyJDalton.live. Once again, Lacey J. Dalton. Live. See you there soon. Now back to the show.
2: And um, I do believe, you know, I a lot of us who call ourselves Christians, we don't do the first thing that Christ said. We don't do the first thing that Christ said. And you know I say this all the time. You do. Christ said, love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. And P.S., that is the whole of the law. Right. That is what I came to teach. And all the rest of the laws and the, and the prophets right. are based on this.
1: Well, and I, and it's, it's really unfortunate in this situation, I think, because, you know, the Black Lives Matter mantra became a, a thing that was so polarizing. And it wasn't, I don't think it was ever intended to be. I think it was, it didn't mean nobody else's did. It just meant ours aren't mattering enough right now. And they need to matter more. They need to matter equally. Same thing, and and it and it it turned into a thing too, where you say, you know, if you if you say Black Lives Matter, then you must be against the police, and that those those two are not mutually exclusive. I don't th- I don't think they actually have anything to do with each other.
2: It's well, I, I can I, I see, see, see where there's yeah, I can I see can, where can people see make too, connections, you know, yeah. particularly with the defund the police right. I mean, that's the just, mantra, yeah. which I think is to me that is simply. Not the way to ask for what you want. Right. Agreed. It, ask for what you want in a positive way. Agreed. You know we have. Well, and
1: again, ask for what you want and you what know, you need, what you actually are wanting, not yeah. not just you know, not be something that's sort of well,
2: inflammatory to everybody. I have to say there are probably a lot of people who you know in the Black Lives Matter who do want to defund the police. Well, Hold that, up, yeah, that because might be. because because you are angry. Well, because and and with that's good sure. reason. Yeah. Because we don't, we white people don't get the same treatment, and there are facts about that. Right. People of color are only one third of the population of the United States. That's one third of the people. They have twice as many fatal shootings and stuff by law enforcement as the whole rest, the two thirds of wow. the pie wow. of us white people. Wow. Now. I understand that because there are probably I don't now this is something I don't know, but I would I would wager a guess that there are a lot more people of color in poverty. Probably than there are than there true. are white people. That may not be true. I don't I yeah, don't actually I don't know, know that, that and I'm sorry I but, don't because I'd like and yeah. the next time we do a podcast I'll have that information. Okay. Because I wanna speak to these issues. Sure. I wanna speak to the issues of us being you know, a lot of us say we're Christians. Well, we need to do unto others right. the way we would have them do unto us. Right. You know, the golden rule is like the bottom line things of Christianity get blown out of the water. Are not important. Right. We become a mob mentality. We become polarized, right against left, left against right. It's that's the devil. <laughs> that well, that polarization. This. If there is a devil, that is it. Yeah, it is that. You know, I'm writing a song right now called "The Devil by a Different Name." Yeah. And it goes, call me left wing, call me right. We are split right down the middle in this fight. Divided we fall, that rule don't change. It's just the devil by a different name.
1: Well, and that's an, I think that's a thing that's unfortunate too, is this has become a political thing, and it really, it really shouldn't be. It really should be just a human thing.
2: This is a human issue. Well, politics is about humans. Well,
1: I know, but it but it but it has its life of its own for its own purposes and Money. Has nothing to do. Exactly. Greed. That's so that's, <laughs> when I talk about that, that's why I'm saying this really should be about humanity and, and man man and man. It should have nothing to do with political ambition. And it's gotten sort of wrapped up into that, but so you talked about your work in the prison a little bit. I see that you're going to donate uh, any proceeds from this song to the Equal Justice Initiative, which I, I my understanding that whole thing actually that's what they do is they help Uh, people who are incarcerated like the people you're talking about that have been in there since youthful offenders that aren't getting their right, you know, the right uh, opportunities and their parole and and some things like that and making sure that, that they're actually getting an equal shot at it as well. So I think that sounds like a great a great way to tie together your your experience and your background along with what you're trying to, the message that you're trying to give.
2: <laughs> well, I have to say, my sister called me up. She said, well, I like your song, but I'll never forgive you for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and I said, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, Black Lives Matter may be the name of the movement, but we are giving our money to the Equal Justice uh, initiative. initiative, which has a 100% positive uh, rating with... Um, with Charitable Navigator, and strangely and amazingly has only a 6% administrative uh, overhead. I have a foundation for wild horses. We are, you, Leslie, and I are are officers of a foundation for wild horses, um, which I started with a partner way back in, I think we was 2003 when we finally got our paperwork, but we started it several years before that. And um, the, the bottom line is a 6% administrative fee. You never hear about it. No. If, as far as I know.
1: Right. Uh, I had done some, because we were talking at ours. Ours has ours gone from 4 to 8, somewhere in that range. But when I looked at it, most charitable organizations is like 35 or 40%. So to be in single digits is pretty impressive.
2: It's really impressive, because yeah. what it means is nobody's getting fat. Right. They're actually putting the money of into the programs. Program. Yeah. And they, it's a wonderful uh, program, because they send... Um, uh, people into underserved communities to make sure that the kids have better role models and right. better opportunities. And they also make sure that, again, as you said a little earlier, these guys that have been in prison since they were 16, 17 years old, and a lot of them are before that. They'll get in the youth system and end up, you know... Right, just
1: work their way right up to it.
2: Well, it, you know, it's prison. What When you're in a prison and you're watching what's happening, you see that there are all these affiliations, gang affiliations and stuff in a prison. It's medieval. It's not like society outside. There are times when the guys in there are forced to do something they don't want to do, but if they don't do it, they'll be killed.
1: Well, and And the ones that are in there for 20 and 30 years, especially as a kid, you know, when they get out, they don't have any idea what the outside world is like, and it's scary. I mean, they and they, it's that I, I, sometimes they'd rather be back where they at least know how things work, even if it's a crappy situation. You as mean back to, in prison? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they do something to get back in there because they're fed, they're clothed, they're safe. Well, relatively, but I mean from the outside world, mm-hmm. and they don't have to. They don't have to figure out all that. So things have changed so much in thirty years. I can't imagine some of those guys now. Coming out here and thinking, where's where's the phone booth and how do I get where's a phone book so I can call somebody that I know? Do you have a quarter? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it we really don't it anywhere.
2: really is That'd like that. Yeah. They do have uh, programs. That, there are some very good programs, but I don't think we have enough of them yeah. to reacclimate people. And a lot of times, and I think the stupidest thing that happens when, with the prison system, at least in California, if you were arrested, say in Stockton, uh-huh. they send you right back
1: right back where you, oh, you were. Let's so say, yeah. let's send you back with your homies. So just so in case you. You forgot what you did before you can get right yeah, back in it'll you, be great you'll catch it'll right
2: be up great. <laughs> you know, it's like no no they need to you know and they need to. but boy there are some success stories yeah of people. There are. you know the guy who does dave's bread
1: oh i know he came to my rotary club he was amazing you know
2: and Tell us was, about He was in that. there
1: a couple of times. Like he was, I can't remember what his crimes were. I don't think he actually, he had a couple of felonies. I don't think he had a murder, but I think he had an attempted murder and a felony robbery or something like that. And, you know, he was in and out, but his dad owned a bread company. And when he got back out, he kind of went to work for his dad and and uh, found a new way of actually dealing with things and actually built a company. And he hires a lot of ex-cons because it's hard for them to find jobs. And so, you know, really built it up into something that's pretty, Pretty wonderful and pretty amazing. He had a great story. He was very interesting to listen
2: to. Well, he makes the best damn bread well, he on does earth. The there I
1: you mean, go. His all is,
2: success all around. It is really. I mean, it's organic. It tastes great, and he does all kinds of breads. Yeah. And then he also lectures. Yeah. He so does. this is a this is one of those each one teach one situations sure. that we all love to see in education. We love to see. Um, when I went into the prison, nobody could play guitar, but we taught them. And uh, my partner, Dale Panay, is very good at teaching music theory. So these guys, you know, which I know zero, you know, I'm <laughs> not, I, I once, when I was a kid, I think I you know, played in bands and stuff and knew how to read music. I don't <laughs> even remember how you do that. But these guys learn that, and now we have a couple of our, our former top students now teaching in the prison up wow. there in California. They're having their own classes with supervision. Wow. So, and but not with COVID, right now they're shut down because COVID, sure. they can't do anything. It's like, yeah. bad. the world is in a state of horrible paralysis and political paralysis over something that should never be politicized. I
1: know, it never should be. But you and know, just to sort of wrap this up a little bit, I saw a, a meme today on, the, on, the, on Facebook that had a, a black police officer a uh, Hispanic guy that actually looked like he was in prison garb and, and a white guy in a t-shirt. And the, the black policeman, it said dark chocolate, and the, and the Hispanic guy, it said milk chocolate, and the white guy, it <laughs> said white chocolate. Underneath do it said all chocolate lives matter. And I think, you know, that's really the attitude that we need to take about this whole thing. Yes, we
2: do. Thank you. So,
1: anyway.
2: Leslie, I for, we have some great news that I forgot to tell you. What's that? And I forgot to tell everybody who to, to the podcast. We had uh, John Sandage from KPIG Radio, uh, called me. That's in Freedom, California, uh, very close to Santa Cruz, where I spent most of my best years, uh, some of my favorite years of my life. And I have a huge extended family down there. And K-Pig is part of that family. And I found out today that they've actually, it, uh, K-Pig is probably the top Americana station in the nation, if if it isn't uh, KVMR or one down in Austin. I mean, it's really right up there. It was one of the first Americana stations Um, and I love the music. We all loved it. It used to reach all the way up to Alaska. I Uh mean, it was, I don't know, I think the signal is smaller now, but it's still a great radio station. If you're in Santa Cruz, that's what you listen to. So uh, they told me today they've added, I Can't Breathe to their playlist. Wow, sweet. So if you want to tune in, it's uh, 107 Oink 5 on your radio <laughs> dial.
1: I like K-Pig Oink Radio. 5.
2: And thanks to everybody down there, to the no. K-Pig family. Yeah, Appreciate that's it.
1: great. That's great. Well, good. So now you have multiple ways to listen. You can catch it on, K- on uh, K-Pig if you have that signal or you can listen to it on streaming. And uh, we hope that you take an opportunity to do that and tell us what you think. So this was Lacey and Leslie, and we'll see you next time.
0: Join us next time on Right Here, Right Now with Lacey J. Dalton. For additional podcasts, visit us online at LaceyJDalton.live. Also, do you have Lacey's most recent Scarecrow t-shirt, Life's About Now hoodie, or phone case? If not, be sure to visit her store and click the link to explore brand new Lacey J. Dalton merchandise. Remember, Lacey always loves it when you share her podcast and links to her store on your social media platforms. We'll see you next time, and thanks so much for listening to Right Here, Right Now with Lacey J. Dalton.